Welcome to the Unrestricted Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Han, and our mission is to spend 15 minutes each week discussing your eating disorder recovery-related questions. Thank you so much for being here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hi and welcome to this episode of the Unrestricted Podcast in which I will have the pleasure of speaking with Lauren who is currently navigating her own recovery journey and we are going to have a little chat about the question how did you get started with a proper recovery and why and as usual uh, the format is going to remain the same Um, we're going to aim to speak for around 15 minutes Uh, I know Emily and I usually go over that slightly, um, but this does mean that I'm sure there are only a few aspects of Lauren's hows and whys that we will cover, um, but hopefully it's going to offer some really valuable insight um, from someone who is time-wise closer to the commencement of their recovery uh, than myself or Emily. Um, So without further ado, I'm going to pass over to Lauren and dive into that question, which is rather open-ended of how and why did you start your recovery? Hello. So I think for a lot of years, I've kind of been dipping in and out of what I was calling recovery at the time, but looking back on it, I think it was more a case of just pleasing the people around me. Mm-hmm. Um, for a long time, I would sort of have conditions like, oh, you can't go to uni unless you're a certain weight or unless you recover to a certain point. So I would always do it for another reason, mm-hmm. or I'd be doing it to stop my parents worrying about me or doing it in order to maintain some sort of life Mm -hmm. uh, alongside the illness and those sorts of reasons are just long term they're never going to work because there'll always be a point where no one's watching there'll always be a point where it's just down to you and if at heart you don't want to recover for yourself you'll always slip backwards at that point when no one's watching yeah that was my issue so as I would recover to a certain point I'd go back to uni each year and then I'd end up slipping backwards whilst I was at uni and having to take time out it's because I wasn't doing it for me And then when I think when I suddenly had the the change, it was I'd got myself into a position where I hated so much of anorexia for what it had done to me. I realised how much of my life had been affected by it. I realised how many lies I'd been made. It made me tell to cover up secrets that it caused. Mm -hmm. I absolutely hated every part of the illness. And I thought nothing can be as bad as this position I'm in now. No amount of recovery and what I'm scared of can't be as bad as where I am. Yeah. So yeah. I thought I've just got to try. I've got to trust it. And I just from that day onwards, I can remember thinking it just like no matter how hard it gets, no matter how awful the thoughts get, I know I don't have to listen to them because at the end of the day, they're just thoughts. You can just because you're having a thought doesn't mean you have to engage with it. Yeah. And definitely. so even on the absolute hard days, I keep in my mind, I never want to go back to that place. I felt I never, ever want to go back to that point. Where I felt so alone and so miserable and my life is just a complete mess mm-hmm. and yeah. even on the absolute hardest days where recovery doesn't feel worth it because it, you everyone will have those days where recovery is like oh, I don't really feel that recovery positive today like I'm not feeling like it's I'm seeing the benefits but you have to keep going on those hard days in order to see the benefits on the good days if that makes sense yeah absolutely uh, and I resonate with that a lot you you say about sort of a, a particular day there where it was kind of you made that shift and I think some mm-hmm. people will uh, really resonate with that in terms of they they hit this point where it's kind of um it feels like one way or the other type of thing when yeah they, and, and they really propel forward some people may of course have a more gradual transition in, into their recovery and yeah. it not be such a 
I think, um, a point of sudden change. But was there anything that you feel on that day sort of um, was the stimulus, I guess, for that sudden change? Or was it just you taking some time to reflect and being like, this isn't the life that I want to live? I think there was a, there's a combination of quite a lot of different things. So I, I was physically quite unwell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then I, I became clean to my mum. I'd been covering a lot of things up. And I, I remember going downstairs that morning and just being completely open and honest with her and thinking, I don't know how this is going to end up. But I thought, do you know what? I've just got to be honest. So I was honest with her. Um, and I'm so glad I was. And she was. I was so worried she would just cut me off. But she was so supportive. She was absolutely amazing. My mum is my rock. Um, and she did everything she could to try and help. And I think this was all happening alongside a time in my life where, unfortunately, I lost a friend in a car accident, which was awful. But it really made me reevaluate what I have and how lucky I am to have what I do. And I realised how much my anorexia was making me almost throw away so many opportunities. And I think it was the first time where I was like, I really, this is just really negatively impacting my life. Whereas before, it sounds really weird to me now because it's so obviously such a bad thing, anorexia, but I'd never seen anorexia as a bad thing. I'd always seen it as a coping mechanism or a way of helping me get through life. And it's only at that point I sort of realised that actually it's not helping me get through life anymore. It's just destroying everything. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think one of the things that I really resonate with what you've said there is about when previously you spoke about those more performative recoveries, which is sometimes Mm. uh, called the quasi recovery state, or sort of then transitioning into a real recovery where it was on you for you and because you wanted your full life back. I think it's, it's really interesting how when you look back at those two times you had a different kind of viewpoint of how anorexia served you or did not serve you because I think sometimes when we are recovering performatively for other people and doing it not for ourselves it's because we haven't maybe moved away from that idea that anorexia is such a um a pain or a yeah sort of destruction to our lives we still are under the illusion that in in some way it's supporting us yeah, and you can lie to the people around you, and you can lie to yourself as much as you want and think, "Oh, yeah, I really want to get better." But if you, if you can, if you think to yourself, you're attached to your anorexia in such a way that you can't see it in a negative way. It's I almost just think you're not ready to recover, almost. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so. I was interesting. I was talking to a friend a couple of days ago actually, and she was saying, "I just hate my anorexia so much," and I was like, "That you need to hold on to that because that is the one thing that you can hold on to at any hard point in recovery because you need to just keep hating the anorexia because until you absolutely hate it you not it's not gonna be able you're not gonna be able to motivate yourself to get better yeah and and I think it's about really really holding on to that hatred um, Mm -hmm. on the on the days where maybe um, it doesn't seem all that bad and of course that's a bit of a strange thing to say but I think some people can fall into a stage of maybe going through the motions where anorexia is of course having a real impact on their day on their lives but it has kind of become the new normal of what they've learned to accept as kind of a standard so though you may be missing out on I don't know meeting up with your friends or um, you don't have that concentration to get through a movie it's kind of by that time become your normal and you don't expect anything more from yourself and I I certainly in in my recovery really needed 
almost prompts to remind me and these had to be kind of visual written prompts to to remember on those days that actually it had taken so much from me and it would continue to rather than allowing myself to just sink back into patterns of uh, like there is some safety in in this monotony of just going through my days and not really making much change yeah and and I think it's very easy to sort of forget about the life you could have because you you're not seeing the alternative and for me I find it so helpful like to spend time away from people with eating disorders and it's as much as I've met some of the most amazing people in my life who do also have anorexia it's really helpful for me to spend time with normal friends who don't have eating disorders because I see them I'm like their lives are so free they just do what they want they're spontaneous they don't have any limits and it's really motivating for me because I'm like I could be like that too whereas before I didn't really have that vision of that so I didn't know what life could be like yeah yeah 100% and I think it's it's kind of when you surround yourself with it within a particular sphere of people and though that that may be a sphere who understands what you're going through and who can therefore more support what you're going through kind of getting outside that box and just seeing what could be beyond just that kind of particular niche which isn't normal we have to really really recognize that that like lifestyle which maybe we are part of when we're in this community is not something that we should just take as a given yeah um poor health to be in that way and and really really kind of broaden our horizons as to what we should be doing or what we could be doing or what what even we'd love to be doing had we not got these constraints on us exactly yeah yeah so I think the the kind of other part of the question was um more along the lines of how you kick-started your recovery. So I imagine on that day um, when you made that made that change and, and you sort of came to the conclusion that things had to um, go in different ways, yeah. there, there was maybe a, I don't know, a, a knowledge, uh, and you can correct me here, but there maybe was a knowledge of what to do. Was there still um, some questioning of like how to actually get started with it or did you kind of come up with a plan and it was um going forward from there yeah definitely I think I had sort of an example of and a lot of like indications of how I would get myself better because it's something I thought about a lot but I'd never actually let myself do mm-hmm. and I think I had a lot of like I had a lot of sort of a gauge of what was enough to eat what was like what I should be aiming for through meal plans I'd had before and things like that. Not that I've actually followed a meal plan this time around because it wasn't particularly helpful for me. I found it quite restrictive. Mm-hmm. But, and I, also my mum has been amazing because she's so well-educated and stuff and she's always very good to have as a prompt of being like, okay, that's not enough food. Um, or like, you need to up your portion sizes here or there or like, she'll be prompting me to have something if I wasn't completely like ready to do it. Mm-hmm. But at the time I can remember the, that first day I thought, okay right I'm just gonna do this like I've got I've got to just honor my hunger and before in recovery I'd always been like okay I can have a snack but I can only have a snack of a certain size I can only do this I can only do that there's always so many rules and I can remember thinking okay this time this is my fresh start I'm going to do it and I'm not going to listen to any of the rules any of the rules I have I'm just going to go against anytime I see a number calorie wise I'm just going to go for the highest option I'm going to go against my head at every stage of the way because that's the only way I thought I could actually do it and it's worked for me so far like quite well yeah no absolutely and uh, I definitely share that experience of kind of the direct opposite actions I think Mm. sometimes when you have been um, attempting recovery before and you've 
almost develop these new disordered normals um, where <laughs> it's kind of like a snack consists of this plus this or a snack is this amount of calories. You kind of have to yeah. do that direct opposite um, action to even the previous recovery orientated things yeah. that you might have been doing before because they were clearly either still restrictive or inadequate or or still basically holding you hostage to um, what was maybe slightly improved but not going to get you fully there to that to that full freedom and I think exactly. it's really really interesting what you say about the uh, meal plan being a kind of restrictive mechanism in the end for you I, I know for for myself and for a lot of the people um, who I work with it does tend to be the case that some sort of like baseline requirement is really helpful to almost ensure that there is um, more than more than, than enough going in in a day but that has to be seen as a real minimum yeah ra- rather than what the eating disorder really tends to do with a meal plan and turns it into kind of a maximum and quite rigid structure that you yeah. are kind of not able to exceed and I think that's for me I, I sort of chose to follow the three meals and three snacks which I think is quite common in recovery in terms of what but I, what I didn't do was limit myself to and I thought okay so I'm going to use the people around me for guidance on what the right portion size is and just have normal meals and then three snacks on top of that and if and more if I'm still hungry um and that tends to be what's worked for me the best yeah um definitely. don't get me wrong to start with it was really difficult and uh, it's some days you're gonna have you do have to push through when you're not hungry because you're like you're eating in a surplus because you have to restore weights or some people do um but I did for, uh, for example um and in some days you do just have to push through and that you're not going to have hunger because your hunger cues are so inconsistent I think that was something that I really struggled with because I was like why am I eating if I'm not hungry mm-hmm. but actually that's not it you've just got to remember you can't trust your your signals in your body at the moment yeah definitely and and that is because you have not been allowing your body to trust you vice versa sort of you haven't yeah. been trusting your body absolutely <laughs> So I guess um nice final thing um, from you, Lauren, if that's okay, would be if someone is listening who feels to be on that kind of periphery of recovery and they really want to just dive in and and just let go and really do this um, properly this time, what what would you sort of advise for them to start questioning? I know you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that you would really advise them to think of the reasons to sort of hate anorexia and the things that it's taking from them is that the message that you would communicate to someone if you had to give that that piece of advice from your own experience definitely I'd focus on all like think about all of the negative parts of your eating disorder and exactly what is taken from your life and really fixate on those because they're the things that are going to motivate you to want to recover and also just think about you like you are worth recovery and as much as you can talk to yourself negatively I spent years talking to myself so negatively and then suddenly I was like okay I don't necessarily believe it but I'm going to cut myself a bit of slack I'm going to think okay I'm not a bad person I deserve to get better I want to get well and it's okay it's okay to let go it's okay to trust that I can let go of this illness and live my life without anorexia and it's okay to honor my hunger it's okay to eat more than the people around me it's okay to do all of these things that my head was telling me were so wrong and just almost practice a bit of self-compassion. I think that's really important because when you talk to yourself in such a negative way, it almost gives anorexia strength because it feeds off the negative parts of how you communicate with yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And and actually, I think that draws us to a really, really nice close. Um, so firstly, obviously, I want to say thank you very much to you, uh, Lauren, for joining no, thank me you today for having me. and uh, offering up your really um, valuable insights and obviously your personal experiences um, in your recovery. Um, I think in my um, own experience when I was in recovery, Um, stories of lived experience were really really important and I think it just gives you that sense of understanding that other people are going through something similar or something that you can resonate as um, as sort of you're going through it yourself so to the people listening today um, as always is the case with this podcast um, I invite you to take what helps from both my and um, Lauren Lauren's um, words here and leave what doesn't because although there will be some similarities which connect eating disorders there will also be many idiosyncrasies um, to them and we need to be sort of recognizing that we can take value from other people's experiences um, but perhaps we have our own path to tread to so that's just my my parting words there so thank you very much for listening uh, and thank you thank you okay and bye-bye Bye.